Hello everyone, Derek Floyd here, Beautiful Now Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Chasing the Impossible. This is the segment where I interview special guests who happen to have accomplished impossible things along the way. To let you know, no matter what you're chasing, no matter how far that dream seems off, if you can dream it, if you can see it, then you can accomplish it too. And if you like this kind of content, do me a favor right quick. Put a big pause. Hold on right now. Hit me with a like or subscribe to the channel. This lets me get the most updated content to you as soon as it's available. And most importantly for me personally, if you really enjoy the content you watch here, please share it with a friend. Because I want to make sure everybody leaves uplifted, encouraged, and inspired. Now, my special guest just happens to be an aspiring young country artist who's been working in the industry for quite a few years in Nashville. But she started writing songs when she was only seven years old. But now she's a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and producer. And she's been around the game a little while. She's got something to share. So if you please help me welcome my incredible new friend, Miss Alyssa Trahan. Are you there, Alyssa? I'm here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you today? I'm great. How are you? You know, I am ready to get through the rest of this week, man. Working hard already, you know? It's what we yes, do. Yes, I feel that. <laughs> Working hard. But glad to have you here on the segment. Been looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I'm super excited to be here. And we met at NAM in Nashville. How many weeks ago, right? We did. Yeah, that feels like, let's see, it was probably like four weeks ago, maybe? It, it feels like a year ago. Cause it's like, it does. <laughs> just, it does. I have no sense of time anymore, so yeah. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, right? But it was great to meet you, and I'm so excited you decided to take some time and share a little bit of your story with the subscribers today. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So let's go ahead and dive right in. You know, you have been a, a country singer for quite a long time, but it's a short spell because you're young, <laughs> and I'm going, <laughs> you've been writing and playing music of your own for years, and since you were a teenager, right? So mm -hmm. yeah. was was music always like the one and only true passion or did you have like a backup plan to be a dentist or something? Where were you looking for? <laughs> Definitely not a dentist because I'm <laughs> terrified of the dentist. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, music has really always been like that thing for me ever since I was really, really little. I mean, probably like seven years old. I knew I wanted to be in music somehow, but I didn't always know that, you know, you could do that as a career. And I was writing songs in my head ever since I could think, really. Oh, and I wow. kind of thought everyone did that, just like made up little melodies and words and just like little songs. I thought everyone did that and it was completely normal. And uh, found out when I got older that it wasn't so normal and uh, <laughs> not everyone does that. And then I you know, realized I was writing songs and everything just kind of snowballed. But music has always been that thing and even today i really don't have a backup plan it's this <laughs> this or is this. there nothing so. this or bust <laughs> <laughs> yeah so here you are little seven-year-old Alyssa, writing songs where your folks like what are you doing over there or they're like oh just come play on the piano did they take it seriously or did they know something was different I think they knew. Um, we did have a piano in our living room that I would like make up little songs on and I would play them while like my parents were cooking dinner and stuff. And I think they realized that I had the music bug, I guess. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if they knew how serious I would take it and, you know, that I would one day move to Nashville and really just do the thing, as they say. Um, wow. But I think I think they knew. I think they knew something was up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. And and when did they go, okay, let's put her in some music classes or let's get her started on something? Or did it just happen naturally on your own like you did it on your own? 
It kind of happened naturally. Um, I was in, you know, chorus and band in school as soon as we were allowed to. So I remember the day that we were allowed to pick our instruments for band and audition to be in chorus. I was I was there. I was like, I want to do this. Um, <laughs> anything that was music related in school, I was a part of. I was a dancer for a really long time. So I really just kind of naturally fell into the music stuff and everything. So wow. I really, I wouldn't say they pushed me or anyone pushed me. I kind of pushed them to be like, hey, I wanna do this. Hey, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was just always so, you know, attracted to the music. Wow, so so fast forward here, you're rocking out. You're like 16, 17, I'm gonna do this music thing. And most of the musicians and singer songwriters I talk to always talk about the circuit and how hard it is to like play every venue because once you figure out you're going to do this you got to get heard you got to get found so you play anywhere and everywhere like bar mitzvahs and you know somebody's yep. birthday party and you know the the gas station down the street you play everywhere because <laughs> you gotta get seen <coughs> excuse me so how did that prepare you for the rat race in nashville yeah i i really did play everywhere and anywhere that would have me i would play um it definitely helped me figure out how to perform and how to be on stage and, you know, how to sing my original music in front of people. And it really just, it got the ball rolling for me. I, I mean, as soon as I started playing music, even to just these little coffee shop crowds, I knew I wanted to do that for my whole life. It was just something about being on stage. It felt right. It felt like home, no matter what stage it was. And it just, it really snowballed everything and it definitely got me ready for Nashville because of course you know a lot of people including myself do the Broadway thing where you play on the bars like every day multiple times a day and <laughs> I did that for a bit and uh yeah it just it just really gets you ready to to do it it's like practice I guess and that's a hard life my, my brother is actually a singer-songwriter as well and he's played the circuit you got to play like different little places and you get like a 30-minute spot and then you go to the next one like there's a bunch of them along the way and that's a tough road to hoe. So, you know, kudos to making it through that space and figuring out you're going to stick with it. Um, Thank you. you. Know, but in, in between all that time, you're a multi-instrumentalist. So you play a bunch of instruments. How did you find time to learn a bunch of instruments and which ones do you play? <laughs> yeah. So I started playing, like I mentioned in school and like elementary school and stuff, I would play in band and chorus and things. So I learned those instruments like silver flute and Irish flute and saxophone and stuff like that in school. And I learned piano when I was younger by ear and my dad taught me guitar. And the reason I started learning all the instruments I know now is because I started recording my own music when I was really young. And, you know, I would start doing these tracks and I would think, for example, oh, I really want a mandolin on this. And especially back then, there were not any good sounding, like fake <laughs> mandolin sounds, I guess, if you will. I don't think and, there were at that time. <laughs> <laughs> no. And uh, being in upstate New York, I didn't know any mandolin players, you know, any country mandolin players. So I was like, okay, I really want mandolin. How am I going to do this? So for some reason, my brain was like, hey, let's just do it ourselves. And uh, I would ask my dad to get me a really cheap mandolin, just like, you know, like 50 bucks or something. Just get me the cheapest mandolin you can find. And I would <laughs> oh, wow. teach myself to play it and then put it on the track I was working on. And that's how I learned to play a lot of the instruments I play now. Um, all the instruments I play, I play guitar, piano, mandolin, ukulele. 
a little bit of bass, silver flute, Irish flute, piccolo, penny whistle, alto sax. Uh, am I missing anything? <laughs> um, Are you for real? Like you actually play all those instruments? Dobro, a little bit of dobro, um, a little bit of uh, now, now, when I'm you say play, <laughs> do you say you're proficient on them, or do you play enough to get the job done on the track? I would say every instrument is different. Um, I definitely am strongest on, like, guitar, piano, uh, flutes that I play. I'm definitely strongest on those. And the other stuff, I'm pretty strong on uh, mandolin and ukulele as well. And the other stuff, I'm definitely still getting to the pro level, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, but I'm a major perfectionist, so I don't put something on a track unless it sounds really great. Um, nice. So, I mean, I, I will practice a part for hours on end until I get it right. And, I mean, I like to think I can play them pretty well. But I probably can't stand <laughs> up to, like, you know, the pros that are playing down in the, the studios yeah, those here Nashville in Nashville. players are beast, man. They're, They're they're like not human. They're so good. I'm not quite that level, but <laughs> they're brutal. They're brutal for sure. But now I understand not only are you a singer, a songwriter, a multi instrumentalist, but you went to audio engineering school on top I did. of all that. When did you find did. even time to do that? Talk to me about it. Um, I don't sleep very much. But um, I, so when I was still living in upstate New York in Rochester, I knew I wanted to move to Nashville, but I wasn't quite ready. It wasn't quite possible yet. So it had always been in the back of my mind that, you know, I was going to go to college. It's kind of like the thing they tell you to do when you're mm -hmm. a kid. And my initial plan was to do like a two plus two thing um, with the college that I went to in upstate New York. It's called Finger Lakes Community College. And then I was going to mm -hmm. go to a school here in Nashville. Uh, but I did two years at Finger Lakes up in upstate New York. And uh, yeah, I was in the music recording program and I was one of the only girls in my class, <laughs> which was I interesting. I bet you were. And you were um, killing it like, yeah. It's funny because I was like the Nashville person. So I mm. would be out of school a lot because I'd be in Nashville doing stuff and then I'd come back and they'd all be like, oh, how was Nashville? And then I would like implement the Nashville stuff I learned in my schooling nice. and they'd be like, we don't do that here. And I'd be like, uh. but it's the Nashville way. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. Um, wow. But yeah, it was it was super fun because I really got to further what I learned because I had taught myself to produce music when I was about 16 or so. Um, and, you know, this just furthered that and really got me ready to move to Nashville. And it gave me experience in a studio. It gave me experience with all the gear and like microphones and patching stuff. And it really just helped me get ready for that side of things, not just being like inside my little space and my computer, you know. Um, but yeah, it was it was super fun. And uh, I definitely use that education that I got quite a bit here in Nashville. So yeah. So you taking all that you've done, singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, audio engineer, were you thinking, hey, I'm going to get to Nashville and do it all myself? Or what were you what was your plan you were going to get here and do? Because I know it takes a long time to crack the Nashville space. It's not like a five minute thing. Yeah, definitely not five minute. They call it a 10 year town, if that tells you anything. So yeah, um, when I moved to Nashville, I don't know if I really had like, a plan. I try not to really plan stuff too much because nothing ever goes according to plan, right? So I try not to get too <laughs> stuck on like how I want things to go or how I think they'll go. But I will say that when I first moved here, I didn't think I was going to end up doing it all on my own. 
Um, even though I had, you know, gone to school, I knew a lot of the instruments, I still wasn't quite there yet and just wasn't ready. I still, I was doubting myself a lot for a long time. Um, but I kind of figured, I guess you could say that I would move to Nashville and work with other people, work with other producers and writers and musicians. And I did for a bit and, you know, it's been great. I've met incredible people here, but I don't think I ever knew that I would, you know, produce my own album, for example. Mm. I don't think I knew that I would do what I do right now. I don't think I really ever saw it, but it's it's kind of interesting because I feel like everything happened the way it was supposed to, and it got me to where I am now. And I love doing things how I do them. You know, I love producing. I love playing the instruments. I love really putting my stamp on everything and mm. taking that picture in my head of what I want something to be and making it come to life that's always so rewarding for me so sure yeah sure. i don't think i i don't think i saw it on the horizon but i think it was always <laughs> kind of meant to be well you just said perfectly you know you landed there 2016 got your first publishing deal in 2018 and i'm sure you were like wow like i really did it but what was it did was it what you dreamed about when you finally got the ink on the deal or was it the moment you were hoping for it is interesting it was really really exciting that I signed a deal and you know all around Nashville they tell you like your first deal like it's not going to be the one and I kind of didn't listen to them I was kind of like no this is going to be the deal like I did it I made it this is it and um you know at first I think I was on a high from it I was kind of like in the uh I guess like the honeymoon phase if you will of it and it it was great for a while but you know it gradually over time it kind of became clear to me that it wasn't home for me. It wasn't where I was going to be long term. So it it definitely was super exciting. I'm very grateful that that happened. I don't regret anything. And I learned a lot about myself through this deal. And, you know, I'm still on good terms with everyone that was involved in the deal. So there's no like animosity anywhere or anything. But sure. um, it just it definitely helped me really fine tune my path, I guess you could say, and fine tune mm. who I am as an artist and a writer and a producer and really I guess steered me in the right direction. Hmm. Good way to think about it. Good way to think about it for sure. Uh, and and through that time, you know, the label puts you on the road. They put you in front of people. They have you opening for a lot of people at that time. I have here you open for Tanya Tucker, Sarah Evans, Josh Turner, Charlie Daniels. The list goes on. You probably mm -hmm. played hundreds of shows during that time. What do you think you learned most from being on the road with some of the best in the biz? What'd you learn? I learned a lot. I really did. Watching those artists just work and do their thing on stage was just incredible. They really taught me, you know, how to perform on stage, how to put on a great show, how to keep the audience engaged. And also they taught me how things work behind the scenes and how you treat people behind the scenes. I have seen so many incredible artists and their teams just be the sweetest people and the most hardworking, amazing people backstage and that has always stuck with me you know watching like charlie daniels be so kind to his crew and seeing his crew be so kind to me as just this mm. little opening act that they've never heard of <laughs> that that taught me so much and it just that kind of thing sticks with you like i opened for maddie and tay recently and they were so kind to me their whole team was so kind to me that nice i always just think if I get to that level that I have opening acts like this, I'm going to do what they're doing. I'm going to make sure that opening act feels welcome. They feel supported. They feel celebrated. 
and it just that feeling it's it's so great when you you open for someone or even you just get to meet someone that you idolize like that and you're you're kind of considered peers at that point just to be so welcomed by them is just it's incredible and wow as i mentioned just i always i always say that i will be just like that if i ever get the opportunity to have openers like that that's what i'm going to do i want to make openers feel special like they've made me feel special that's awesome. That's awesome. Carrying on that kindness. Kindness goes a long way, man. Long way. It does. It really does. So, you know, you obviously have worked with everybody in the business. You've accomplished a lot in a short time. And it feels like you got to the, I guess, the pinnacle of what people would call success. You got the record deal, but then you turned away or I said, made a, maybe made a left and broke away from the record label and went independent on your own. What made that decision happen in your mind? It felt like you got all the way there and then said, eh, I'm going another way. What happened? Yeah, um, it's it's funny because like you say, a lot of people think, oh, once you sign a deal, like that's it. Like you made it. That's it. And for me, the biggest thing was that we didn't really have the same idea of where I was going to go in my career. Like the songs I was excited about were not the songs they were excited about and vice versa. They mm. wanted me to go a direction that I didn't really want to go. And we just didn't really see eye to eye on stuff. And it just wasn't that perfect fit. And I really learned through that, that everyone says here in Nashville, you have to find your people, you have to find your tribe, your home. Mm -hmm. And that that's so true because if you are at a company that you're just not on the same page with, it's mm -hmm. it's not gonna end up being where you wanna go. You know what I mean? So mm. for me, it was, okay, I could stay here and I could keep on doing what I don't necessarily wanna do and write music that I don't necessarily want to be writing for me as an artist, or I could walk away, try it on my own for a bit and just be the artist I want to be, put out the music I want to put out. And um, I I definitely made the right decision for me. It's been, like I mentioned, just such like a growing experience. And I've really found my sound and really finally landed on this path that I want to be on. And uh, it was it was a big learning experience. And I learned a lot of lessons <laughs> that I think I needed to learn, um, mm -hmm. especially being such a newbie in Nashville. I mean, signing a deal <laughs> sure. within two years of moving to town is like is unheard of. That's insane. I had people like messaging me <laughs> saying like, you don't deserve that. And yeah. you know, things like that. <laughs> Cause but, people sweat five, 10 years for that. So you in two years. Yeah, is just yes. Yeah. yeah. So like, I get it, you know, I get it, but yeah, it definitely, it was, it was a big lesson for me and mm -hmm. I don't regret it. Everything mm -hmm. happens for a reason. I really believe that, but yeah, it just came down to not being on the same page. You know, it, 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 I say this to people all the time. You got to find your peace. You know, you got to know your peace. If you're not at peace with something and it's not working in your spirit, you got to move out of that space. You, you know, no one's going to move you out of it. You got to get out of it. So yep. that wasn't your space of peace. It could have been great to everybody else. It could have been a great trapping on the outside. Could have looked beautiful, maybe made you tons of money. But if you weren't peaceful in that space, if it wasn't working in your inner peace, it's got to go. Because you'll be doing it forever mm -hmm. and be unhappy. So kudos to you yes. for finding your peace and saying, nope, this ain't it. Even though it looks pretty on the outside, this was not the one. So good for you. Well, thank good you. you. Thank you. Good and I you. always say, too, like when people ask me advice for anything, on top of finding your peace, you have to be authentic. 
And if something is 100% authentic, I don't care how much money you make. I don't care Mm -hmm. how successful you are. You're not going to be happy. So so that's that that was a big thing for me. It's so true. And we, I think we've all met people that we thought maybe were wealthy or successful and they're unhappy. And you're like, well, you got all the stuff that everybody's asking for, but yet you're unhappy. You're right. Maybe they're not being authentic or they haven't found that piece. So kudos mm-hmm. for bringing that back out for sure. Thank uh, you. Speaking of that, you know, we're talking during the pandemic and through all this stuff that was going on, you were writing another record. <laughs> like, In the midst of all that, you're writing another record, Baby Blues and Stilettos. Wow. Debuted at number nine on the iTunes country chart. Pretty amazing for an independent artist at that time. Wow. How hard was it just to get it without the label? Because you pretty much did it all yourself. A whole lot more more work involved, right? Yeah, it was a lot of work. Um, I mean, the way that really happened is, you know, I decided I was going to put out music myself independently 100% independently and uh the plan was to do a record but the plan was to do it I don't want to say the old-fashioned way but we were planning on going into a recording studio and working with a new producer and musicians and things like that and we were getting the sessions booked and planning everything and then the world shut down and I was sitting right here in this chair in my studio and I was just thinking I promised my fans a record and I need I need to figure out how to make this happen because it's not going to happen the way I thought for I don't know how long, you know, on that day, we had no idea how long it was going to go on. Um, And I just remember I was thinking in the back of my head, I was like, you know, I've always had that little voice saying, how cool would it be if we used our knowledge and our experience of music production and did our own album, did our own stuff. I've always done my own demos. I've always co-produced my stuff, but I've never fully produced my own record. I've fully produced other artists' records, but I've never done my own. Uh, Like I mentioned before, I was kind of doubting myself and too scared to do it. Um, But, (laughs) you know, the world shutting down really forced me to take that leap in a way. And uh, it was tough. Uh, There were... There were several times over that like year or so that I was working on it that I was I was thinking, you know, I can't do this. I I can't. I'm not capable. I'm not good enough. I can't. Mm. I can't do this. I need help. And I would have to walk away for it, away from it for a couple days and uh, then like revisit it and kind of let myself like come back around and be like, okay, it's going to be okay. You can do this. Um, Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. I did it. And uh, it was a very big, lengthy, tough (laughs) process, um, but so rewarding. I grew so much as an artist, as a producer, especially. And it, it was just such a labor of love, I guess you could say. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, doing it all myself was such like a, I don't even know what to call it. It was such like a kind of soul searching thing. I guess Mm -hmm, you could say, mm -hmm, Uh, just mm -hmm. truly finding myself and really being unapologetic about it and back to that authentic thing, you know, and just doing whatever the heck I wanted to do. (laughs) If I wanted this weird sound (laughs) on a track, I was going to put it on there. And, um, (laughs) you know, it was so fun because I do have a team that I work with, even though I'm 100% independent here. And, you know, I basically told them, hey, I want to try this myself. Can I, do I have your blessing to try this myself? And they were all like, do it. Let's do it. Let's see what you got and uh, mm-hmm. go for it. And it somehow worked out. And, and you uh, found your yeah. tribe, kind of, sort of. You got a tribe. I did, you. yeah. I yeah. have found some incredible people here in Nashville that are on the same page as me and want the same things as me. And 
yeah, when we released it, we released it in March. And uh, I remember the day that came out, like it, it came out on a Thursday at midnight. So like technically a Friday, but all day I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, it's coming out tonight. <laughs> ah! And uh, when it came out and it, it shot up to number nine, I was watching it go up the charts. I was going to be happy nice. with like top hundred. I was like, if we get on the chart, period, I'm going to ball my eyes out. Right. And uh, it, I just, I saw it go up to nine and I was like, so many tears. Wow. <laughs> um, it was just so incredible. And just the fact that, you know, I, I produced it myself. Like that was my baby. That was my child. Wow. And it was yeah. just. And you saw your baby walk for the first time. Feeling. There you go. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that is an incredible story, even to be able to have come where you started in, in New, and it was New York. Are you were at, e, where were you, what was your town in, in New York? East Rochester. East Rochester, from all the way there to Nashville, starting songs at, at seven years old to make it to producing your own record and go number nine on the country and the country charts. Pretty powerful statement. So that means you stuck it's to pretty it. pretty wild. You all the way, man. And you made it happen. That is chasing the impossible for sure. And that's what we do here. So great to hear how inspiring that story is. And if anybody's watching out there, she had to do it herself. Sometimes you got to do it yourself. Sometimes you may be the only person that believes in that thing. But if you believe in it, if you really believe that that's the thing you're supposed to do, then you got to do it. It'll make its way, right? I agree 100%. Because there'll be times when everybody doesn't understand. I've, I've learned over time, especially people that I've met that are successful, they always say they meet a space where only they see the vision. Not everybody's going to see it the first time, second time, even third time around. But if you see your vision strong enough and you know it's real, you know it's the one you got to go with, you just got to go with it. It'll, it'll make its way. Go with what you see. Yes. Dang, yes, awesome, 100%. Awesome, awesome. I agree. And I, now, wait a minute. I also hear you're an actress too now. Come on. Singer, songwriting, multi instrumentalist, <laughs> producer. And now you're acting. Is there anything that you can't do here? Come on, talk to me. Yes, there definitely. I can't do sports. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I do. I love acting too. Um, I was doing a lot of acting when I was a kid. I was in, you know, all the musicals and plays I could be in. Um, I did a lot of like, they were called Broadway master classes where we got to work with people that were on the Broadway shows traveling through town. And I've been in a couple commercials and it's just, it's just fun. It's another fun artistic thing I like to do. Music is definitely first and always will be. But, you know, if an opportunity came along that I could you know, act in I don't know, a TV show or a movie or something, I think I would take it because it's just, it's fun. I like becoming a character and just taking on a part in someone else's story. I think it's really cool. Um, but yeah, it's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a renaissance girl. You have, excuse me, renaissance woman. You have done it all now. So you're showing <laughs> us how to get her done. And, uh, you know, with, with that whole frame of mind, I'll ask the one last question because it appears you've done a lot in a short time because you're young. You're a young girl, young lady. <laughs> you're a young lady. Um, and what would be the thing, the driving force that keeps you doing more now? Because you've accomplished so much. Yeah. I mean, I just, I love music so much and I love what I do so much. It's truly in my blood. And, you know, they always say you don't choose music. Music chooses you, which I really believe. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's something that's, in my blood. I can't not do it. I mean, even when I tell myself I'm going to take a break for a day or two or a week or a month, whatever it may be, like after I finished the record, I was like, I'm going to take a break. Nope. 
didn't take a break, got right <laughs> back into it with new stuff. I just, it's, it's what I love to do. It's, it's who I am. It's what I am. It's just the only thing I want to do every day for the rest of my life. You know, it's, it's what I think about when I wake up. It's what I think about before I go to bed. It's, it's what I'm always trying to learn more about. It's what I just always want to be doing and it's, it's wow. what I enjoy. So it's, it's truly just such a deep love and deep passion for what I do that keeps me going. And, you know, as long as I'm able to survive and make my music, that's, that's all I want in life. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people have these, like, you know, of course I have big dreams too. They want to be on the big stages and <laughs> do all the cool things. And of course I want to do that too. But when it comes sure. right down to it, I just, I just want to make my music and live my life. Pretty simple words. I'll take them. I'll take them. <laughs> well, you know, you have been a delight on the program. We should you thank you for just taking a few minutes to share a little bit of your story, which truly is inspiring. And for all of you people out there that are thinking, can I accomplish something like that? Well, look what just happened. She did. She can make it happen, so you can make it happen too. Alyssa, how do they find you? If they want to contact you or see a show or how do they find out what you're doing? The best place to go would be my website, which is just alyssatrahan.com. But I'm all over the internet. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. I'm on TikTok now. I don't really know how to use it, but that's where all the cool kids are, <laughs> I'm told. So I'm there. Um, all my music is on Spotify and Apple Music and anywhere you can get your music. And I'm constantly playing shows and I would love to see someone at a show. And uh, I love talking to people online too. So send me a message or something on Instagram. There you go. Put a big DM on Instagram. Say hey to Alyssa for me. Say hey. I saw the program on Chasing the Impossible. Wanted to say hey. She'd appreciate that, right? I would. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for taking the time with us. We really do appreciate it. And, you know, I just want to say to all the subscribers out there that watch the program, thank you for taking the time to spend with us. If you enjoyed this kind of content, do me a favor and share it with a friend. Make sure someone else knows Alyssa's out there making the music and you can do it too. And as always, we look forward to seeing you again at the next Chasing the Impossible. Have a great one, guys. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.